Action Park Media. Hi, I'm Ethan Suplee. Welcome to American Glutton. Outside of acting, my two favorite things to do are diet and eat. I have a very complicated relationship with food, and on this podcast, we're going to talk about all of it. Food as entertainment. Food as sport. Food as fuel. I'll talk to experts and the average person, just like you and me. I hate to ask you to do anything, but if you're enjoying the show, please take a moment to like, subscribe, rate, review, all of the above on whatever app you're getting it from. Here we are again. Here we are again. With no guest. No guest. Do we even need guests anymore? I don't think so. (laughs) I'm thinking about doing a series of episodes where I just talk specifically about diets. The one I want to do the most is the Beverly Hills diet because I think it's the most ridiculous diet Mm -hmm. ever. Yeah. Was that the one? Let's not talk about okay, it Okay. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, we won't. You're right. But I actually, I've always wanted you to do this. Talk about every single diet that you either did or not. Because there, I mean, there's a thousand diets. You've done a bunch. There are a I've lot always of diets, wanted you to do that. So many diets. And the most, I, I really do believe in my heart, the most ridiculous is the Beverly Hills diet. It's I, so ridiculous. Yeah. Does that even still exist? Does anybody do that? I don't think so, but yeah. it, I mean- It was written down, so it exists in some form somewhere. Right. I'm sure some blogger wrote, here's a great diet, eat pineapple. Yeah. And they didn't call it the Beverly Hills diet. They just called it the eat pineapple diet. And then the people who wrote the Beverly Hills diet are looking at that like it's copyright infringement. Probably. By the way, we could have so much fun making up diets. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. When I was a little kid... My grandmother, I was chubby, and my grandmother would grab the little rolls on my stomach when I was sitting down, and she'd say, this is your cookie belly, and this is your potato chip belly, and this is your butt. And so, yeah. What a bitch. Yeah, she was actually pretty great. Um, Sorry for calling your grandma a bitch. My favorite grandmother. Your favorite grandmother. Yeah. No, was she cool. a bubby? She she was a bubby, yeah. yeah. I had a couple. Yeah. As we do. Yeah. But why did I bring that up? That was, I, I, I oh, because I was thinking we could do a diet. I mean, there's, I could just come up with a diet of all the things I love to eat. Cookies, potato chips. Totally. Yeah. I mean, that's probably a diet somewhere. Somebody said, just eat cookies. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you got to get sick. I don't know if you get sick before you've maxed out on calories for the day, but at some point you're going to be sick of cookies. And if that's all you have to eat, I bet you wind up losing weight in the long run or getting diabetes. One or the other. One or the other. Yeah. Yeah, we could have like ethnically themed diets mm-hmm. and regional diets and just call it like, you know how there's like the Mediterranean diet? Mm-hmm. That's too broad. Let's get specific. Yeah. Let's make the Athens diet or the Mykonos diet. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, I like it. Or some like little obscure island somewhere in Greece and just make a diet based on that mm-hmm. and some fish that's only available in small batches in that area of the Mediterranean Sea. And that's the diet. So sorry, folks, if you want to do this diet, you have to import that fish. Well, and if you live in an area like Los Angeles, someone would probably figure out how to import that and uh, charge a lot of money for it. We can make the most obscure esoteric diet possible Mm -hmm. and then nearly guarantee that somebody in Los Angeles is already selling this to someone. Yeah, I'm into it. Yeah, replete with canned fish from some tiny little island in the Mediterranean. Mm -hmm. 
I like it. Yeah. Okay, good. We're going to work on this. <laughs> okay, good. What are we talking about today? Well, someone named Jennifer wrote into AmericanGlutton.net and she asked a question about what to do when you're trying to stick to a plan and you have an unsupportive spouse. And it just made me think, wow, like that is such a huge thing that I think so many people deal with. What do you do when the people around you are not only not on board with what you're doing, but maybe in some cases sabotaging you? It just seemed like there's so much to talk about there. Yeah, this, okay, this is a heavy topic. I know. Also because we don't know her whole story. Like, is it actually like abusive sabotage or is it just that her partner, husband, whoever's sabotaging her, you know, enjoys her the way she is and, and doesn't want to see her stress herself out by trying to conform to societal standards. You know what I mean? So sure. There's, I think there's got to be some nuance there, certainly. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't just like reach for the divorce button right away. Or the social services, like, let's protect this woman. We don't know. We don't know her story or anybody's story. So I think that there's an interesting conversation to have about people who are not supportive, much in the same way that I think there's probably a conversation to be had about people who are pushing something on on others. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Really, the the worry or the thought or concern, not worry, worry and concern are not right. But I just go to, I find that the result we're trying to achieve does not always come from a straightforward, direct approach. Not to say it can't, but for me, all the interventions that were done didn't work. And if they did, they worked very temporarily. Um, And then I was just trying to make the people who had the interventions feel better or feel less concerned for me. And so the minute that I felt that that concern let up, I was done doing whatever. So if, if the point is that we're trying to convince somebody to change in a way that we have decided is healthier, more optimal for them, it's almost counterintuitive to just sit them down and go, here's my concern. You know, I I don't know. Yeah, that's tricky. I mean, for some people, something like that really works when somebody close to you says, you know, you got to look at this, whatever the thing is that they're trying to intervene in. Who, do you have examples of this? Because I don't of know. Of it working? Yeah. I literally can rack my brain for times that I've had somebody who's – you know, I think of it more, this kind of thing, way more prevalent with drugs and alcohol, yeah. like somebody's using drugs or alcohol and it's it's becoming objectively damaging to their life and then sitting them down and going like, hey, let's talk about this. I've never had success with the person then getting clean and sober and progressing because of that. Mm. I have I have seen that conversation maybe be a small contributing factor to an eventual confronting of that situation where they then wind up on the path but it's it's usually not the major factor in it i've never had it be the major factor in it like i've been sober for a while and i've had people say to me like my kid is having trouble with drugs and alcohol will you talk to him 
And I'm more than happy to sit down with a person and share my experience. But I have, uh, and I've tried before going, here are all the reasons why you shouldn't do what you're doing to so much failure that I then go like, all I can do is tell you my experience. And one day when you decide you can maybe use my experience to help you in whatever way possible. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? So I would think the same thing with food. And I know this is actually the opposite. It's the opposite. (laughs) Right. But we got to clear things up first, right? Because it can't just be one thing. There's a, there's a reverse, a whole reverse thing to this too. If you have, I think about it a lot with children and like with me, so much attention was put on my weight that it had, I'm sure the exact opposite of the intended effect where I then just was like, okay, well, guess what guys? Now I'm a cheater and a liar and a thief. These are the three decisions that are coming from you guys telling me you're going to enforce what I eat, period, done, great, as much as I can help it, I'm going to show you the face of somebody doing what you want, and when you're not looking, I'm going to be snatching food off plates Mm -hmm. and cramming it in my mouth and saving up change and ordering Domino's pizza and eating it in the little strip next to my house that separates my house from the neighbor's and then putting the box in the neighbor's trash can because I'll get good at disposing of evidence, motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I was a little – like that was just that was just literally my reaction. Now, it doesn't have to be so severe, but I think with parents, at the end of the day, you are – I mean, unless your kid is like 16 and walking out the door every day and getting themselves to school, you are ostensibly providing the food they eat. And it is certainly easier to buy in bulk and have a, you know, a refrigerator full of food and not go to the store every day. But, I, you know, at the end of the day, the parents are providing the food. So I think that the, the sadly, that the, the trick is to do it kind of without the kids knowing that you're doing it, right? Like, mm-hmm. I found big failings for me as a kid was like, you no longer get to eat this stuff, but we can, that did me in. Or like I made all this food for dinner. You're only going to eat this much and I'm going to, but the difference I think would be with a lot of, I mean, it's a shitload of work, but you, you know, we come to the day and age where it's like, Nobody wants to do all that work. It's a lot. And especially if you're working a job or multiple jobs or you're a single parent or like there's an endless list of reasons why it requires a hell of a lot more work than society is geared up now to make everything easy and convenient, right? Mm -hmm. It's not. It's not easy and convenient. What if the only food for each meal that was available, even like that that was in the house or whatever was the exact amount of food the kid needed to eat. I don't know how to do that. I have four kids. That's not possible. I think that's not possible. But I think if I'm being totally honest, I think that's the best, that would be the best way to do it. Like, here's lunch. This is what lunch is today. And you're not staring at, uh, you know, sugar cereal or something that you're being told you're not allowed a bag of bagels 
and cream cheese, you know, mm-hmm. something like this isn't like in your eye line and your mom's saying like, no, you just get this salad. Fuck you, mom. Yeah. You're going to turn around. I'm going to eat those bagels. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, for so, sure. So it's tricky. Again, not your question. It's okay. You're being so aggressive again, Paige. It's like crazy. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I'm going to work on that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> the the uh, unsupportive spouse. Is it? Did she say spouse? Uh, yes. This particular person said spouse. You know, but I think it. The question is broad, and it it does go to because it can be a group of friends. It can be. This is anything, though. Yeah. In life, sure. It doesn't have to just be food. Right. It's anything. I pull up pictures of bodybuilders on my Instagram account. And my wife is very concerned, number one, your friend, that Mm -hmm. I'm just staring at naked men all the time. This is a point that concerns her. I reassure her as much as possible that she has nothing to worry about. But I say stuff like, this is what I'm going for. And she gets horrified and angry and says, absolutely not, and things like that. And I go like, okay, it's slightly exaggerated but like a version of that Uh is what i'm going for and she says no absolutely not and then i have this fantasy that i actually have somebody in my life working against me and i'm like i'll show her Mm -hmm. i'm gonna keep going to the gym for the next 15 years and maybe i'll look like 10 percent of that dude because i think she really does think that I could look like one of those guys in a year. And I just laugh at how ridiculous that is. Yeah. But I really do, did luck out with like the most supportive person ever who supported me through many different pursuits. Mm-hmm. I mean, any anything I've ever been interested in that required a lot of time and energy, she's fully supported me. We did a fucking eating tour of the world. I had her in China she hated it, was miserable. I was making her eat duck. She doesn't like duck. She doesn't like any of that stuff. She drew the line at deep fried bugs, which is fair. I, I would too. I ate all of them. But like she went, you know what I mean, to China to, to eat and isn't really into Chinese food at all. And I explained like it's not the same as the bastardized American version of Chinese food. It's totally different. We're going to eat Peking duck at like four different spots, right? There's one place in an alley called Luquan Fried Luquan Fried Duck, Luquan Roast Duck. And it's magical. And we're gonna go and eat there. And she's just kind of like, I don't need duck. What am I doing? We're gonna fly to China to this is crazy, but okay, that's what you want to do. All right, let's do it. I made her eat a uh, ox heart at St. John's in London. And she's like a squeamish person that's not interested in trying stuff like that. But she did it for me. Now now who's abusive, Paige? How the tables have turned. Yeah, you seem pretty aggressive. That's what I mean. <laughs> so I'm just flaunting that I have had no one actually stop me. Yeah. And rather a person who has just gone like, oh, you want to ride your bike eight hours a day? Okay. How can I help? Mm-hmm. What What do you need me to do? Yeah, you're lucky. And I'm sure there are millions of people who have that exact same type of, you know, luck for lack of a better word or for, good fortune. And then there are people who don't. And yeah, it's very, it becomes like, well, what, what type of person are we talking about? What kind of person would sabotage someone who's trying to get healthy? Or, you know, like I, I had a boyfriend for a few years who 
it took me a really long time to spot this, but he would do this weird thing where if I were on a diet, he would just like bring home these pastries that his mom thought we should try. And I'd say, oh yeah, I'm, I can't eat, you know, eat that. Oh no, just try it. My mom gave it to me. And then when I wasn't on a diet, because I always joke I'm either on one or very off one. When I wasn't on one and I was kind of off the rails a bit, he would bring me um, these like diet pills that my mom found. These we should, yeah. Do you want to try these? Whoa. It was very weird. He was giving real mixed messages. Yeah, it's like no matter. But that so this is a type I finally kind of figured out. Well, this was how he was in much of life, but just like trying to subtly divert me from whatever the thing was that I was doing. Right. So there are people like that who are you know either telling you like, I mean it's it could be so simple, but like there are. What are the things someone does? You're on a diet and you want to stick to it and your husband or wife or best friend or whoever is like, it's the it's Friday night. Let's drink. Let's have pizza. Let's whatever. Like, what are those? Let what can say, you do? Yeah. I, I want to add nuance to this okay. because I don't really ever want Brandy to diet. That said, once she begins a diet or decides to do a diet, I will cook her every meal. I will, you know, run errands for her if she doesn't have energy. Like whatever needs to happen so that she's successful at it, I will contribute to that as with a hundred percent effort and intention. So if it's a if it if it's a case of I mean, again, I don't know this gal's not even calling her a chick because I feel like we're getting to know her now just by discussing her so much. Yeah. It is a girl, right? It is a girl that wrote in, yes. Okay. So I don't know this gal's circumstances, but I would say that if in any pursuit you run into something that isn't contributing to you attaining your goal, you, you got you to gotta, like confront it head on. And and get that sorted because like who wants to constantly have barriers thrown at them? So, you know, I would my suggestion is to sit down with this person and explain exactly what you're doing, exactly why you're doing it, what your goal is, how you plan to get there, and kind of what you need from them to succeed. I think that's maybe the key is they gotta participate. You know, if it's some random person on the street standing on the sidewalk who yells like, hey, fat ass to me, certainly there's going to be a, a tinge of like, what's that guy's problem? Or like my feelings are hurt or whatever, but it doesn't, I'm not going to let that affect me. It's certainly not going to change my day one, one way or the other. But if it's somebody I'm living with, the first step I would take is if I'm in a relationship with somebody certainly or dependent on them for anything, even if it's emotional or, you know, whatever the coexistence means with that person. And obviously you broaden that out and it's like, you know, I can't get society to take down the marketing for McDonald's, which keeps throwing me off my plan. Right. I'm not going to win at that one. Fine. So I got to, I got to fix myself on that one. But if it's, people in your life that you're dependent on, you know, I would say like have a conversation with them and go over 
certain behaviors that you want them to stop doing or start doing that will assist you in making your goal. I, a number of times, I, uh, I don't know how successful this was, but had to call up drug dealers and say, hey, I'm going to try to get sober right now. Don't sell me anything. That didn't always work talking to them that way because they're for sure kind of more geared towards, you know, crazy drug people do this. And then when they need it, I'm going to be there for them. But just the fact that I said that to them helped bolster my ability to not contact them when I was feeling more fragile, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. Because there's a little extra layer of like, oh, God, I got to tell them. I got to tell them. I I was just kidding (laughs) about sobriety. Right. Yeah. Whatever it is, if it's your partner that you're living with, and I say partner because I don't know if she's talking about her husband or her boyfriend. Sure. Yeah. So, or her girlfriend or wife, I don't know, know. or her father or her kid, who knows? I'm, why do I'm, I really want it to be a dude because I just think dudes are abusive, Mm. but it could be a a girl. There was no mention of abuse. It was just simply non-supportive. 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 Like what if your spouse is not supportive of what you're trying to do? I would first and foremost lay out exactly what I'm, what I want what my goal is, and then what I need to achieve it. If they still can't actually assist in you achieving your goal, then I think the bare minimum to ask somebody is not to get in your way. Right. You know? Not to get in your way. Don't, that's, that's like, interesting, yeah. Uh, look, at the beginning of our relationship, Brandy was did not drink alcohol around me. She has no problem with alcohol at all. And then it took a number of years before I was comfortable going wine tasting with her. And then it was fine. You know, mm-hmm. day one of a diet, I'm not going to go apply to work at a McDonald's. That would be counterintuitive, in my opinion, for me. These are not, if I'm going to get sober, I'm not going to, I'm, if I'm going to take a break from working at the bar, that's just me. Have people who are around alcohol all day gotten sober? Sure. I'm sure they have. But I would look at that as just an extra impediment that I would have to be challenged over and over and over again. And I think it would eventually beat me. But if I have some real time and space away from that thing, I can, you know, build up enough strength to then be around it and it have no effect on me. So with a spouse, I would say like, obviously, you're going to try for their assistance in achieving this goal, but minimally, they should be willing to get out of your way. And that's like, you know, whatever. Do you mind not having Domino's pizza this week or whatever? I don't mm-hmm. know. Whatever yeah, or in it front is. Of what are me the habits? Or, yeah. yeah. We typically eat our TV dinners while watching TV. And I recognize that eating in front of the TV leads me to eating more and more. So I'm not going to do that anymore. Would you be willing to sit at the table and have dinner with me for a couple of weeks until I get this under control and then we can go back to watching TV or whatever it is? Is it okay if we buy light mayonnaise for a short period of time? Mm -hmm. That sounds so gross. (laughs) Whatever it is. Could you imagine if they started selling light olive oil? And I know they have light olive oil, but I don't think it's um, 
calorically light. I think it's just light in hue. Oh, I've never seen it. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, I really, I, I like that actually. That's so, cause it, it has to get down to practical steps cause it's easy to be general about it, but that's actually really good. Like, yeah, you have a habit, something you do together. It can be people, I know a, a couple, some friends of mine, they always order, always order dessert. They always split a dessert when they go anywhere. Not that anyone's going out to eat right now, but it's, they always share a dessert. So it's like, yeah, if you have a thing, you're trying not to have dessert. It's like, great, you get it, take it home, eat it, and I'm not around or whatever. I like that about not having your, just here's my three weeks, I got to get this habit in or whatever. Yeah, it's it's kind of crazy to think that anyone could be against a person trying to get healthy. And maybe it isn't like always. Well, here's the thing, like with Brandy, I don't think she's ever been overweight to the point of quote unquote being unhealthy. So she has this thing of like, I want to go on a diet and lose however many pounds because I haven't been on a diet in a long time. And I'm just kind of like, I didn't notice those pounds you're talking about, number one. And like, you certainly don't have to do it because for me, so if it's something you really want to do, I'll help you. But I I don't know that you need to stress your body out. And then like, if you're going to do it, let's do something that's not one of these crazy Hollywood cayenne pepper lemonade diets that I think are really could potentially harmful. Yeah. You know, in like long term or like even achieving a goal of like, unless it's like you want to just lose five pounds for the, to wear a certain kind of dress on Saturday night and you just plan on pissing it all out Mm -hmm. and it's not actual fat loss or whatever. Yeah. So you see what I mean? I'm just saying there could be a guy who kind of, likes the plumpness of his wife's tush mm-hmm. and she's like i'm gonna go on a diet and he suddenly is like oh man but I don't really, do that really yeah. kind of been like happy with what's happening right now right and so then you just need to have the conversation like here's what i want mm-hmm. dickhead you know <laughs> sorry buddy yeah. this is what i want and here's what i expect to need from you mm-hmm. and if you can't help me Get out of the fucking way, dude. Yeah. That's what I would say. Maybe not with that fucking because people are sensitive. Well, yeah, you never know. Yeah, because what if you have two people that are both maybe needing a change? Maybe two people are unhealthy. Maybe, you know, a couple or a pair of girlfriends or boyfriends or guy, whatever, are um, both, I think of my parents who... Oliver Sholem are not here anymore, but my dad and my stepmother were both always overweight, way overweight, unhealthy, doctors telling them they're unhealthy, et cetera. They could never do it, just one of them, because they just never did. But the times that they actually went and did it together, um, they would get healthy together. But I remember multiple times of my dad trying and my stepmother wasn't quite in the mood for it at that time. And so it wouldn't last. So like, what if you have two people and one goes, I'm going to do this and the other one's not ready to do it? Well, I think it's really, that's where it's critical to enlist their help because I find that people who have any, you know, especially in a relationship, imagine if your spouse is suddenly like, I'm going to go off and do this thing by myself and see ya. Mm -hmm. This is what I'm doing now. And it's all for me. That versus Here's what I'm going to do, and here's what I need from you to help me do it. I think enlisting people to help actually 
gives them a little bit of an incentive for you to succeed. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying that like anybody has to be cooking everybody, somebody else's meals, but I just think you go from taking an ally and suddenly excluding them to making them an ally in another pursuit. Does that make sense? A hundred percent. I like that. I think it's a good incentive for people to actually help. I think about this with my kids a lot. So I have ideas of, of what I want them to do, right? And then they have ideas of what they want to do. And these things are not always in alignment. And I think the, the best, the best position to succeed is to truly understand what their goals are, you know, even if it's like, I want to watch TV all day. Okay. Let's talk about that. How are you going to feel at the end of it? Like, let's really get it out. How about just an hour or two of TV? I don't know. This is another stupid analogy. That's actually really stupid. When I think of it, who the fuck wants to watch TV all day? I do, but I'm never going to let my kids do that. No, but but plenty of kids want to play video games all day or be inactive. It's it's actually not a crazy example. Okay. Fair enough. I'm just saying that at, at a certain point for the other people, the people who are watching somebody go through some change or in some pursuit that they didn't necessarily sign up for at a certain point, you know, you hear about like, uh, fathers and sons or, or mothers and sons and parents and kids having these big disputes. Um, cause the, they wanted the kids to be a doctor or a lawyer and the kid decided to be a stand-up comedian or something like that. Sure. Right. And it's like a real point of strife in their life. At the end of the day, would you rather your partner in whatever relationship it is? Cause I consider my, um, my kids' partners in certain pursuits, you know what I mean? Like winning as a family, they're my partners, they're my teammates. Would you would you rather have them working towards your pursuit miserably or working towards their pursuit happily? I think it just involves like allowing that we can't determine what somebody else wants all the time. And, and sometimes we have to sit back and go like, what I want for that person is different than what they want for themselves. And you know, as long as we're not talking about somebody becoming a serial killer, if it's a positive thing, you know, you, you got to kind of allow people to be who they are at a certain point, I think. Oh my God, 100%. I've experienced that as a parent so much. Yeah. Yeah. So that 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 applies to this for sure. Man, yeah. I mean, this is the reverse. Like your spouse is suddenly, you know... It's tricky too because obviously, you know, if Brandy said to me tomorrow, like, I'm just going to do Ride Across America this year, <laughs> which is a big bike race. Mm-hmm. If she were going to do it. Yeah. Okay. That would be a lot for me to deal with, right? Because, you know, you leave, you're not here, mm-hmm. you're gone, you're riding your bike across America. Now, these dudes who do it for real do it quick. Brandy's not doing it quick tomorrow. She she hasn't, I don't know that she's ridden a bike in a year, maybe a little bit, but not really. So like what you're just going to get on your bike and ride endlessly. Like there are certain things that would be shocking to me and a total disruption of our life. Right. Mm-hmm. 
I would have to take a couple of days to wrap my head around something that major. But Brandy says, I want to do a diet. And I go like, do you really, do you really need to do that? Look, you're beautiful. You're healthy. And she goes, no, I really, I'll feel better about myself. I really want to do it. And I go, okay, what do you need from me? I'm your teammate. What are we going to do? I think actively taking on that role of teammate is is a is a healthier position and a position to succeed from rather than just going like I'll let you do it I'm going to not change my life at all and that might get in the way of you and I don't really care cuz then you're going to create tension right yeah I don't know Th- that's my advice yeah take it for what you will no I like that and I know from experience when I'm helping my husband with something his uh food needs are not necessarily about weight. Um, he has like some autoimmune stuff. So when he eats a certain way, he just feels better. I can literally see when he eats something, what happens afterwards. And when I do get in there and like decide I'm going to help him and cook in a way that is for both of us, whatever we're on, and I know he can have it, I feel better. I feel like I'm contributing to my partner, um, as opposed to like, he can't have blood, I want sushi or, you know, whatever. Right. Um, so I've been, you know, that's like a constant, we can all get better at that all the time. Yeah. I mean, if it's a life, lifelong thing that you're changing, you, you kind of got to get, you got to come to some kind of agreement on that. Right. Yeah. And you were able to do that. Now, again, I don't know this gal's situation, but if she's talking about, you know, becoming kosher and her husband's like, I like bacon cheeseburgers, this is going to be a problem because I think you're not even supposed to have that kind of stuff in the house if you're really keeping kosher. That's a big, that's a big thing that you're going to have to figure out. Yeah. But if it's like, I'm going to do a diet, for X amount of time, here's my goal, or I don't know how long it's going to take, but here's my goal. I want to get to here. You you also need to figure that out and make some agreements because if it's like the passive aggressive thing that you mentioned earlier, where it's like diet pills when you're eating normally and uh, fresh baked pastries when you're on a diet, that's fucked up. Mm-hmm. That requires a conversation of like, again, hey, here are my goals. You keep doing stuff that's pushing me away from my goal. And I'm sure you don't mean to be doing that. Maybe you do. I don't know. If you you don't, let's really kind of spend a little bit more time thinking about what we're doing when you recognize, you know, mm-hmm. I think that it just requires conversations like that. Yeah, hundred percent. I love the point of enlisting someone as, as your partner or just your teammate or just your support. Like they don't have to do it exact same thing you're doing. Yeah, dude, you would be amazed at how much, and then you're doing it for them and they're going like, no, I need A, B, and C. Why does this asshole keep doing X, Y, and Z? It's actually fucking me up. Well, you never had the conversation, right? right? And I'm just trying to help. You know, I have definitely gotten yelled at for doing something that I thought was helpful that was actually totally counterproductive to what was needed yeah. from the person, Brandy, that I was trying to help. <laughs> you know, so I just try to be explicit. Um, 
not overly literal. I'd do that too. You know? Yeah. Oh, you want me to take the trash out? Exactly what trash do you want me to take and where do you want me to put it? Oh, this goes in the blue bin? Okay. Mm -hmm. Right now? I'll do it right now. Right. You need (laughs) this done immediately? How severe of a situation are we talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Are the neighbors going to yell at me if I don't have a mask on? Mm -hmm. Okay, good. Yeah. No, it all, it does come down to communication, right? It's the most simple thing. I think so. I think so. I mean, it's, it's, doesn't mean it's easy. I just think it's, it's always that. That's the advice I, I always give or get. It always comes down to that in some way, shape or form. Yeah. And I think I'm often surprised, especially like with my kids, when their willingness to help me when I ask them to. And it's something personally for me, mm-hmm. you know, versus like, no, this is something for the family. Yeah. Do the dishes is something I get less assistance for versus like, hey, I'm going to do uh, kettlebell swings. Can you count the reps for me or something like this? You yeah. know what I mean? They're way more interested in like, yes, I can help you because it is something I do for myself by myself so much that I think anytime you're butting heads with somebody you live with you you just have to be very open with what you want and and what you need from them yeah yeah did we do this did we solve the whole world i think we solved the entire world i think from this conversation COVID is gone (laughs) what if we went outside and was actually gone i mean i would stay here and just keep talking to you yeah yeah the fucking dogs the dogs the dogs okay well Good. Paige, thank you very much. Thank you. And now for the Q&A. This is a question from Megan. Hi, Megan. She says, I've been binging this podcast for a few weeks now on my commute to work. I thought of several questions, but I'd like to narrow it down to the biggest one I have. I weigh 270 at 5'8", and as a female, I'd like to see myself at 200 pounds, which is still overweight, but my personal preference. But I'm scared to lose weight because I know I will be my most powerful, confident, ego-driven self. So what advice do you have on pushing past the fear of failure and the fear of success? I have dealt with my own version of kind of what I would deem bad behavior with success. And I got to get my shit together while still experiencing that success. So I didn't like blow my experience with success because of bad behavior and it wasn't anything you know truly reprehensible i mean i don't want to downplay it i look back at it and feel embarrassed but it was like at work i was doing something that was very successful at the time and i just let some bad habits creep in about not being prepared for work showing up late not giving everybody the experience with me that I would want to have with myself if I was working in a collaboration with me. Just, you know, I noticed at some point like, oh, I'm, is this really how I'm going to behave? So I think if you're aware of it and you can, and you can recognize that there's the potential for that, then you can stop yourself from falling into those, those kind of pitfalls and traps. I totally relate to that idea. The fear of failure is is completely different. I've also had many instances where I felt like because of past failures, the idea of trying to do something again was pointless. And 
you know, I've just gotten over that and gone like, what exactly do I want and how exactly am I going to get that? And that's all I really worry about. I, I, I don't allow successes or failures to affect me all that much. I'm still just working towards my goal. So that's what I do. Thank you for the question. If you have a question you would like me to answer on this show, please submit it to AmericanGlutton.net. Thanks for listening to this episode of American Glutton. I'm Ethan Suplee, and as always, joined by my chaperone, Paige Dorian. Follow us on Instagram at American Glutton Podcast. Sincerely. <laughs>